Mobile phone companies say they offer home internet. But if their internet comes from a cell phone network, you should know. It's just phone internet, not home internet. Keep your home up to speed with Cox. Cox internet is faster and has more reliable download speeds than 5G home internet. Cox is the real home internet you're looking for. Based on Cox analysis of UCLA speed test intelligence data, Q3 2022 and Cox serviceable areas, visit cox.com slash internet for details. Hello and welcome back to another episode of the Kingdom Says Podcast. I am your host as always, Garrett Williams, at Garrett720 on Twitter. And joining me are my two co-hosts. First off, we got my boy, Kyle Henning, at KDen16 on Twitter. Kyle, how are you doing today? Man, it's Friday. Well, when y'all hear this, it won't be. But for me, it's Friday and... I don't have to work anymore this weekend, so yep. it's a positive. And now we're going to talk about the five seconds of Chiefs news we've had and somehow turn it into a whole full-length podcast for you guys. And then, uh, yeah, so it's going to be a good day. Yep, it's going to be a great day, I think. Uh, and also joining us, yeah, rest of the day. Also joining us, as always, my boy Tom Welty at Arrowhead Tom. How are you doing, Tom? I am in mourning for the recent news that we'll get into in a moment. In a moment that has propelled the Chiefs defense back down the quality charts to 2018 levels, I'm sure. And we'll have to get another 50 touchdown, 5,000 yard performance from Mahomes to be relevant this year. So, oh darn. But yeah, I'm, other than that, I'm doing pretty well. Hey, it's God, always you good are to hear. so doom and gloom <laughs> one guy. Always good to hear from Tom. Always seems to be enjoying life, enjoying what the Chiefs are doing. And there is some Chiefs news. Well, I guess not really Chiefs news. The opposite of Chiefs news uh, that came up just right, right before we recorded this episode. Um, Chiefs she, unnews. Yeah, Chiefs unnews, uh, which is actually almost in a way bad news for the Chiefs. Uh, Bashad Breeland, cornerback Bashad Breeland, has signed with the Minnesota Vikings on a one-year Four million dollar deal uh, that'll take him back to the NFC North. He played with the Packers for a couple seasons before landing in KC. And uh, guys, it's kind of that kind of you know it's, it's a startling startling uh, thing to come up here. I don't I don't like it. I don't know how startling it is. Kansas City had every opportunity on earth to sign him. There's not a timeline in which they didn't. Um, yeah. I. I think it says something. I'll, I'll let Tom go first before I really, or go more into it before I really say anything. But because Mr. Doom and Gloom over here, I, I'm curious. But um, I, it's I, I just don't know that it's a surprise necessarily or a shock. Mm-hmm. No, I I mean I might be Mr. Doom and Gloom, but I was only I'm not actually I'm probably of the three of us the least worried about this move or about this departure. Um, I really like Breland. He's been fun on Twitter been a great guy even in the community um I, I wasn't even aware of some of the stuff that he was doing during his suspension but he posted some videos and some people kind of came out so i think that's a that's a loss that you can't always quantify um you know thankful for what you know what he was doing in terms of and that's yeah we there, there's some other things with, with Bashad breland um he, he's been a good player he's been steady consistent 
I think that the Chiefs do have some young guys that they like. I think that they've got a player that they're going to lean on in, in Charvarius Ward and, and kind of see what he's doing. You know, he's going to get a shot. It's his contract year. So that's, you know, you kind of maybe bank on him hopefully playing up a little bit, playing, you know, at a better level than what he did last year. He wasn't, again, wasn't bad, but he was not as good as Breland, wasn't as consistent. And what uh, is the contract year, kids, according to our great, late, great friend? Rest in peace, Chris Taylor? It's undefeated. It undefeated is. Undefeated contract year. So, yeah. Um, every time we talk about contract years, I have to, like, almost reset. Because I, 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 that that line is, is so embedded in. Um, yep. Yeah, if you're, if you're a fan of Trez, that, that you know that. Yeah. Um, anyways, we... I don't think that it's a surprise loss for Kansas City. I think that they tried, but they also knew that Breland was, um, you know, eventually going to lose some snaps to, to the younger guys, and maybe it is just time to turn over that that room. The other thing, when I'm sure we can talk about this more in a minute, but I think um, this also says that the Chiefs are probably pretty high on DeAndre Baker and some of the other guys in that room. I know Legarius Sneed is going to be a, a part of that equation, but – uh, I think that they're going to use Snead in a lot of different ways. But even last year when they they picked up Baker, there was some uh, kind of some murmurs that there was some excitement about him and, and Veach really liked him. And, and I remember that draft. We can talk about Baker here in a little bit. But I'm not as, I'm not as surprised. Um, it does stink because, again, depth on defense is, is important. We were talking before the show, a couple injuries away, we could be in, in bad shape. Uh, defensively, but I think philosophically, defensive backs are um, pretty interchangeable and less important in Steve Spagnuolo's system than um, maybe some other systems. So I'll, I'll lead off with that and I'll pass it back to Kyle. I mean, this is textbook what their philosophy is towards the defense. Tom just touched on it at the end of that statement. Like, everybody's been throwing a fit about them not spending a first round pick on a corner. You're right. They haven't. They went and traded for everybody else's first-round picks on corners or signed everybody else's first-round picks off the street from corners because somebody was getting extorted and blackmailed and all kinds. Like, look, man, they, they're they not worried about that position like the fan base is. They're just not. They don't value it the same way. They're not as worried about spending investment money on it. And if they aren't willing to pay Breland $4 million for a year, which is under half of their remaining cap space. I think that pretty much tells you what you need to know. Yeah, I think this move tells you a couple of things they need to know about the Chiefs. First off, I think, like you said, I think they're pretty confident in what they have at cornerback, I guess, a lot more than the fans are most likely. Uh, and that's obviously just because they've seen you know, everything behind the scenes and seeing, you know, what guys are putting in work. And, you know, we're two weeks into OTAs. So, you know, they might have said, you know, hey, the, the group we've got here, we've got a solid group that, that can work. I'm worried. I'm so The thing is, I'm not too mad over the loss of on-the-field production from Bashad. Uh, I'm more sad about the off-the-field production or, like, off-the-field assist and that veteran presence in a locker room. He said in his uh, kind of goodbye tweet that he put out that he was excited to go to, to Minnesota and, and kind of be a, vet, a mentor for some of those young guys. And Minnesota has a lot of a lot of young corners there similar to what the Chiefs have. Um, so it's, it's interesting. Um, I think his presence 
like I said, off the field is going to be felt more. Like He was a very sol solid corner for us. He wasn't a superstar, but he's going to be a starting caliber. You know, he's going to be starting caliber for us whenever we needed him. Um, so it's just, you know, it's going to have to take one of these, these young guys to step up and, and make a huge impact or a huge jump with an increased amount of snaps. You know, Fenton's going to be getting a lot more snaps now. Uh, like, you know, DeAndre Baker, Mike Hughes could get some more snaps. It's kind of a question mark as to where he stands on the whole death chart uh, right now. But, um, you know, it's, it's a, it's an interesting move. He said in his goodbye tweet that, he, you know, he was, it was a hard decision for him that he still liked KC and loved, you know, the city and, and his coaching and coaching staff and everything like that. So, um, you know, I guess you got to trust Brett Veach, uh, got to trust the, the defensive coaching staff and, you know, trusting in what they have. And, you know, we, we got a taste of what they had in, in the week 17, you know, almost a, you could say as a, a preseason game versus the Chargers, uh, where we just kind of saw a lot of young guys getting some increased roles. So I don't know. It's going to be interesting to see how camp plays out. Uh, it's, I don't know. It's, it's, it's interesting. That's all. I'll, I'll leave it at that. Um, I should clarify two points on mine. One, I don't know if the Chiefs didn't offer him the same amount of money. I can't tell you that for certain. I just yeah. think it's highly unlikely that they offered him the same dollars and he went somewhere else. Um, yeah. That is, yeah. That is the other part point. I would say is I love Breland. I think what Tom said about his work in the community, he went and worked out with kids during high school. At a high school, he kind of adopted mm -hmm. like he's a great dude. He's he works his butt off. He, you, like Garrett said, he's consistent. You know what you're going to get. So, like, I just, I just want to clarify what I was saying was I understand the philosophy behind it. I'm not telling everybody that Freeland stinks or I don't like him or anything. That's Tom's right. job. He tells everybody that. He I think all of us really Tom, like. I think. I think all of us really like. Breland yeah, I, as I really person. do. Like, he is a great yeah. guy. You know, and I like him on the field. I probably like him on the field more than a lot of people like him on the field. Um, yeah, but fair. I also understand that where they're headed and where the way they value the position is just not the same thing anymore. Yeah. Mm -hmm. I think and, there's just, there was a ceiling where Breland kind of was. And I think they just want to explore past the ceiling. Yeah. And, and know, I obviously think, it's, it's, you know, we don't know if they're going to have someone who gets past that ceiling, but you know, it's, I think they're trying to, I think they're trying to upgrade while, you know, an internal upgrade kind of thing. Well, you're going to get to see a lot more of Legereus need this year. That's for one thing that, yeah. This not this not re-signing Breland means that Snead, barring injury, is probably playing every snap. Yeah, and he's, he's probably. Be I mean, a starting corner. Yeah, I mean, there are probably going to be some matchups where he's getting the number one wide receiver. I mean, Ward is is solid and has taken on some of those matchups before, but Ward is not the athlete that Lajarius Snead is, and there may be some. Now, I will also say. Steve Spagnuolo is a little stubborn about moving guys around like that. He doesn't necessarily have – he doesn't always play those matchups. Um, so it's – and, again, that goes back to philosophically speaking. Spagnolo sees more of it as – at least – and I've listened to some interviews and stuff where it's like you – you know, it's not about the individual star player. Like some teams want that one guy who can be on an island and um, and shut – you know, shut one guy down or shut half the field down. Spagnolo sees it more as, especially being a little more zone based. You know, these are the pieces of the puzzle, and and if he, I feel like his his kind of philosophically, he believes that if he can get those pieces in the right place in the right field at the right time, then it doesn't necessarily matter. You know, like the the rest of it's kind of elementary in terms of, you know, who that player is. We just have to put them in the position to, which again on paper philosophically might work. Um, some players are better at that than others, but 
we yeah so it's the the investment at the corner position kind of makes sense when you see it through that lens where he's saying you know i believe that if i can that it's more about staying in phase with the offense and staying in position than it is being an elite athlete or having elite ball hawking skills or, or that kind of thing um so that's, you know, again, and it helps the rest of the team because the Chiefs have put a lot of money into other positions and cornerbacks are expensive, right? And, and paying a guy, uh, you know, $20 million a year to play cornerback when some of the guys that you're getting a lot cheaper can, do, can you know, hold up just fine. It works out, especially, and, and we'll talk about this, I'm the other part about just the, term, the timing of the signing. I, I know that, you know, we've talked extensively about you know, the Tyron Matthew contract in that situation. I think that's the first like order of business for the chiefs right now. And I think everything else will flow after that. Um, $8 million isn't a lot of money to go into the season with. They, I imagine they may sign that extension and not do a whole lot because you typically want to save about eight to 10 million in case you have an injury. So you can go get a free agent, um, you know, during the season. So I, it's, and it's kind of the worst. This is the dog days of the summer. This is, you know, for the football fans, you're like, all right, let's get some news. But um, especially for the Chiefs, the way they've handled things in the past, we probably won't see any kind of, you know, reaction to this move until after the after we get an extension for Tyron Matthew. Well, I'm glad you brought Matthew up because I think what you talked about ties in directly to that with the star conversation of you're right. He doesn't view the star thing mm-hmm. where they want a guy to shut down one side of the field. His star is the utility knife. Mm-hmm. It's the, any tool can play anywhere. That's why Tyron Matthew is so important to this team. It's not just his leadership and his mentality. Now don't get me wrong. Those are huge reasons why he has to stay on this roster. Mm-hmm. Um, but Spagnolo values the ability that he can use him anywhere on the field. He can put him in a corner spot outside. He can put him inside. He can mm-hmm. put him back deep. He can blitz him. He like that's Spags's stars. That's where Spags is like, I need a guy that can do all of this. Well, those yeah. don't come cheap either. So if you're going to spend money on that, you can't spend money on the corner. Yeah. And I will say, which like, is if you why look at- they do and because because spags is and veach is telling you with way how these contracts are laid out and how this is done and what Mm -hmm. they've gone and given up asset wise what they value pass rush safeties corners and linebackers not so much yeah they'll piece that together which is again philosophically works out i think we'll draft it we'll hope we'll grab some guys off the Mm -hmm. street we'll try some revamps now I will say that they have tried the revamps at the corner in the DN spot too, with the with the former first round picks getting things Ogba, um, Okafor, like guys that mm-hmm. didn't show out or weren't proven, and now you've got DeAndre Breaker and Mike Hughes on the cornerback spot who are former first rounders elsewhere who are here now. Again, we've talked at nauseum ad nauseum about Baker's situation where extortion is is a problem, kids, and it can really really mess with you on some things. Um, yeah. So yeah, we've seen that firsthand with another another uh, player on the opposite side of the ball. Yeah, he was in Wichita today, putting on a camp for some kids. What yeah. do you know? Camp for kids, a thousand of them. What a terrible person! Horrible. I will say, anyway. touching back on the corner thing, though, if you look at the corners that you know are on the roster right now, to Kyle's point with the whole uh, you know utility knife type of thing, like 
Legarius Sneed is kind of that player where, where mm -hmm. you know, Spags has put him in exactly every single position. Going, Rashad Fenton is a similar, you know, he's a he's a more physical corner. He can do a lot of the tackling and stuff like that and be in the slot. Both those two dudes are very, yeah. very versatile. Very Ward is pretty much the only, yeah, he's I'm an more outside of an, he's kind of just an outside corner. But hey, I mean, you need yeah. one of those anyways. But, you know, I think, and then Mike Hughes, I think on the flip side might kind of be like a slot only guy. But, I mean, you know, mm -hmm. they do have two other utility knives along with Tyron uh, in, you know, Sneed and Fenton. And, you know, I think that's going to play. Uh, I, I think that is a huge thing in Steve Spagnuolo's defense. And I, I guess if you can mm -hmm. also, you know, throw in Daniel Sorensen kind of to that bunch of a guy who just does a lot of different <laughs> things. You know, you might yeah. not like him when he does certain things, but he does a lot of different things in that defense. So, you well, know, I think it's those Dan amigo Sorenson. players that are kind of coveted more than, you know, the one trick mm -hmm. ponies. Well, mean, I think like Ben Jones playing both spots on the line. Yeah, yeah. exactly. Mm -hmm. Yes. And he very much embodies that. Or like Colin Sanders playing linebacker. People exactly. forget. That big, <laughs> yeah. that big man is move. not afraid to get creative on defense. And Dan Sorensen is the embodiment of, I don't care who you are. If you can get to the right spot at the right time, you can play. Yeah. Right? That's why Ben Neiman was on the field last year. Otherwise, yeah. And it's not uh, always we're not pretty, doing and it, I'm it not gonna, always I'm not gonna, work not. out. Maybe there's some hubris there, but for the most part, it's been more successful than not. Um, I, I will say two things. Going back to Legarius Sneed, I think this is also an indicator of the coaching staff's opinion of him, which I know we're all pretty high on him, mm -hmm. but you, you have to remember a couple of things. Um, Steve Spagnuolo doesn't like to play rookies. Uh, example one is Willie Gay <laughs> last year, right, who was the, the – Second round pick, he was the highest drafted defender in that draft class, and he couldn't get on the field because he didn't know the playbook as well. If you, All right, Tua, you calm down. Tua calm down, Tua. Breland was suspended. There were conversations about Antonio Hamilton getting the start over Legarius Sneed, you know, week one, week Hamilton. two. And Legarius Sneed said, I'll have none of that. <laughs> yeah, and you're right, Garrett. You did forget about Antonio Hamilton. He was, he was hyped as the next uh, Kendall Fuller for us. I was why like, Man, why yeah. did you forget about him, Garrett? Well, oh, because yeah. he didn't what play Tom's much talking about teams. right now. Exactly. Exactly. That's yeah. actually my job. Appreciate you. Appreciate you coming in. Good looking out, fam. Thanks for keeping yeah. the seat yeah. warm. Appreciate it. And I will say, like, another thing about you know Sneed's rookie season that people sometimes forget is that he missed like half of the season with a mm -hmm. broken collarbone. So like, well, if yeah. if he if that didn't happen and he had a full season, he might have been defensive rookie of the year for well, the he came back. He had. And yeah, and he came Ward back and, and Breland healthy, yeah. and they were like, "Well, you know, we really saw you as an outside guy." And I mean, leading in, they're like, "You know, they let him play slot corner," and he's mm -hmm. like, "I've never played slot corner before," and he did great, and he was getting sacks. He was, he was I've never blitzed before. Yeah. Here, yeah, let I've me send you off before. the edge six Here, times. Yeah, I've never blitzed before. Uh, Frank Clark hold this for me in a row. Yeah, uh, so. I think that there's a supreme level of confidence when you talk about Legarius Sneed and there's a lot of hype. I mean, it, it feels kind of weird because we there, I, there's like there's hype around him, but I don't think people really understand how good he could be if he maintains this level of play and, and stays on this trajectory. We're talking probably we're talking potentially an all pro level player at this trajectory. Yeah, um, yeah. The versatility, the athleticism, the competitive, like he and. Yeah, I mean that's that might be a, a pick that we look back at and go, man, Brett Veach, 
we'll forgive we'll forgive you for Breland speaks finally. Don't yeah. don't believe us. Go look at what the uh, anybody's redraft of that mm-hmm. year's oh, yeah. draft. He's a first round pick. Tell me where you see Legarius needs. He's, like he's yes. like a top yeah. fifteen pick in some of those. Yeah, he's kind top of ten pick. In yeah, it. he will probably. And the thing about be... and the other thing, like people kind of forget or may, might not really know, but like he was a fourth round pick. But the only reason he was really a fourth round pick was because his senior year or, or his last they year or whatever. He, yeah, they moved him to safety <laughs> because they just had no one else in that secondary to play safety. So yeah, he, and moved he was to the one that was willing then, to do it. Yeah, and that honestly helped him out more than anything because he gained that you know versatility at the safety position. It's also why the Chiefs drafted him. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. That's definitely the reason why he and got he drafted by the Chiefs. Safety. So, I mean, so. you know, it's it's... The, when you look at it from the outside and, you know, fourth round corner, he only played half the season, you know, it's like why you got to be hyped about this guy. But I mean, if you, you just got to look on the, on the tape and, you know, he was, he was flying around the field. He was making big plays. He was covering mm-hmm. some really good guys. Like he was, he was no slouch his rookie year. And especially in that, you know, Steve Spagnuolo offense or defense where, you know, you don't get much playing time as a rookie and you especially don't get kind of thrown into the water like that. He, uh, he excelled. There was I one won't. play as when he was in college that I don't like to use like one play as a like, Oh yeah, this guy's going to be good. But it was the moment that I was like, all right, fire up the luxurious Sneed hype machine um, where he presses a guy at the lock line of scrimmage, knocks him on his butt and then drops back into phase and is where the receiver is supposed to be. And the quarterback is like, it's one of those, it was one of those like single read, just throw the ball offenses. And he turns and is a quick slant. The receiver's on the ground, and who's standing there in this spot where the receiver was supposed to be? Legereus Sneed. And it was one of the cleanest interceptions, cleanest plays from a defensive back. It I looked like a handoff. Yeah, I mean, it's it was it was textbook. I mean, I, I forgot who it was against. It's somewhere on YouTube. But you pull that up, and you just go, oh, okay, this man can defense. So, so that's pretty good. I'm going to jump in real quick. Um, I want to say a little bit about DeAndre Baker, not the – to change subjects too quickly. Kyle, yeah. did you have any other thoughts on Legereus Need before I do that? No, actually, I was going to talk about DeAndre Baker as uh, you were done saying that because I was going to transition us over to that because Perfect. I will keep this in mind, the confidence that everybody has, and let me – here, let me let me do what I was going to do anyway and give you a handoff into the DeAndre Baker conversation. <laughs> uh, De- yeah. By the way, these behind-the-scenes look here, kids. Lift the curtain. There are there are no show notes. We, we were just kind of going down the same <laughs> pathway on this one. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, this is with Baker standing on the sidelines and watching at mm-hmm. OTAs. He has not been on the field participating, at least from all reports and statements and photos and video clips, which is like basically freaking nothing. Because Andy <laughs> Reid is a freaking psychopath when it comes to hoarding mm-hmm. information and not letting anything out. <sighs> Makes life very difficult. I'm so glad training camp is open this year because it's not going to be impossible to get information. Right. Uh, that's a sidebar that I am not going down <laughs> that rabbit hole, but he's been on the sideline and not playing, not participating. So that means mm-hmm. this confidence also comes from either what they watched in the like seven snaps before he broke his freaking leg last year in the one game he saw play in. Mm-hmm. And you're starting three corner. You're starting three corners in the cornerback room are Sneed, Ward, Fenton, and maybe not in that order because I don't know where they have Fenton and Ward on their list of how good they actually value each one of those because I, I think they might like Fenton more than Ward, but he's a slot guy, not an outside guy, so they're stuck. Yeah, I'd probably say that um, the depth chart shakes out right now. Uh, so those are your top three corners with an unhealthy DeAndre Baker. And then you're talking about Hughes, Bo mm-hmm. Pete, Vicarious, 
Keys. Pedarius, I think. Pecarious. I thought it was Thacarius. I'm it pretty sure it's Actually, Thacarius. it might be a K. Yeah, I think it is a K. Yeah. Because I thought it, I, at first I thought it was Thedarius when I first saw it the first yeah. time, and I had to go back and double look at it because it was a K. Yeah. That's why I remember that it's a K now. I like Bo Peep but, a lot mm-hmm. better. Bo so, so you got you got the Bo Peep and Mike Hughes and and, and who else behind that? Caprio got, Boodle, undrafted got, free agent, and that's a guy that people like to make the roster as a UDFA. Yeah. So at guy, that point, where does Breland fit in that? Not to not to go full circle, but to go full mm-hmm. circle. It, you come back to well, if we've got all this, spending three or four million dollars on a guy that is going to basically be a paperweight because he's not going to be on the field, at mm-hmm. least not routinely, and he's just a depth piece. I don't, I don't hate it. I, I don't love that he's not coming back. You've heard you guys listen to me talk on this podcast where I've been vocally about I don't understand why he's not back in this locker room. I just don't get yeah. it. But at the same time when you really go back and look through all this and see what this means, this, this is telling you what you, th- what they're thinking is. Yeah. So well, while if, I may not be on the same page, it, I, it's, it's there. So, yeah, I think if you were going to end up having to overhaul your cornerback room, which might be the case next season with Traverius Ward, you know, scheduled to hit free agency and probably not in line to get a contract extension. Although I say that and watch them, you know, sign up to an extension after I, after we publish the pod, but, um, you, I think you have to decide for some, I mean, to some extent you have to say, okay, it's gut check time. Let's see what we have with these young guys. Um, Rashad Fenton has been for, for a, I think he was a sixth round pick or a fifth round pick. I think he was sixth, but he's been a phenomenal value and he has done really well. I I've, I'll be honest. I wasn't a fan of Fenton coming out, but the dude just plays football. Like he, you know, uh, he's, he's that proverbial football player and he does well uh, with that. The, um, you know, obviously the trade for Mike Hughes, you got to figure out what you have there, if he's going to be able to rebound or if he's even going to make the roster, right? It's like, depending on how optimistic you are, he could be your starting slot corner. Depending on how pessimistic you are, he could be on the street. Like, um, But I, I do think DeAndre Baker is the true wild card here, and he's somebody that they've had in the building for a while now. And, you know, again, this is a first-round draft pick in 2000, was it 2019. Um, I'd say it was 2018 even, maybe. Um let's let's look it was no it's 2019 okay um he's 23 years old and he's you know he's a bigger uh-huh. guy has always been a, a press guy well i remember you know i really like that he was super competitive um you know coming coming out as a prospect he, he he didn't have the greatest start in new york but it's new york <laughs> it's the giants um yeah, there, there's some there's some potential there, right? And we're not talking – so the, the broken leg was a freak injury kind of thing. Um, and then we talked about it before, like the off-the-field thing that, that put DeAndre Baker on the street was – I mean, it was a sham. He, he You know, there wasn't anything um, – it, it wasn't legitimate. He, The he, guy who was representing the people that were trying to say he robbed them was arrested and debarred. Yes. For blackmail, basically, yeah. typically Extortion. not not a not good a great look. look. Yeah, when you when you end up with uh, federal charges against you. So, um, I, I just going off, just reading the tea leaves a little bit. It wouldn't surprise me if we saw DeAndre Baker getting some starting snaps in this defense. It wouldn't surprise me one bit if, especially if you see an injury or if, if maybe Charvarius Ward struggles or if they really can't find a solution at the slot and and Legarius is forced back inside. Um, 
I think, and I I, rem- I do remember that the Chiefs had a pre-draft visit with Baker before they traded for, I think that was the Frank Clark year. Mm-hmm. Um, so, like, he was on their radar. They've done their homework on him. And it, it might just be one of those things that provisionally works out in Kansas City's favor. It was a great, I think it's, it's an underrated move by Brett Veach, and it might come to fruition this year to show that, you know, he's actually a starting caliber player, first-round talent that they got for peanuts because – of, I mean, and and Kansas City knows this. You have to let things play out sometimes. And New York cut bait and ran, and um, they did that a little prematurely. And again, I'm not like I get it wanting to distance yourself from a situation like that. There was it was pretty heavy on the headlines that year, but um, you know sometimes you got to believe your players and. I, th- I think you could you could have something special with with Baker in terms of the value that he offers, and that that to me in the back of my mind is is kind of the the safety net. And so, as much as it stinks to to leave or to lose Breland, I think the Chiefs are in a good of position as ever to do so. And you know, you've got to get some snaps to these younger guys to see what you got. Oh yeah, I, I should also agree. clarify. We should clarify Breland's deal. Uh, it's up to four million. So I don't know if there's incentives in there, and that somehow he took it even cheaper. But like it says, yeah. up to four million. So it sounds sorry, like- Garrett. I didn't mean to. I didn't mean to jump in when you were getting ready to roll off. But I, I just couldn't believe that I just read that correctly yeah. that time. Like that's wild that he's not even four million base. Yeah, and I think he. I mean, Breland deserves. He deserves the contract that he originally signed with the Panthers. It was a couple, you know, that was a multi-year deal. That was a little bit bigger money-wise, and so it's. I, I will say that the one thing that, like, he deserves that money, um, just in terms of what you got from him. Production. I cannot wise. believe the amount that man's been paid in his career. Yeah, he's he is a great bargain. Um, the, the Vikings are getting a great player for what they're paying, and thankful that he was a chief. Thankful that he got to be a part of that championship team. Mind you, you know, if you in case you forgot, he did start the Super Bowl with an interception um, or at least started it very early with an interception. And that's, you know, that'll be one of those plays that lives in chief's lore as we go back and celebrate that, that victory, you know, throughout the years. So um, congratulations to Bashad Breland. Hopefully Minnesota works out. It is a one-year deal. So if it doesn't, uh, you know, Kansas city is probably going to be looking for some cornerbacks next year too. So again, wouldn't, wouldn't shock me, but, they may, uh, we, we may see a big transformation in the next 12 months at the cornerback position, which we've been saying for the last three years. Yeah, definitely. Well, uh, is there anything else we want to, uh, to cover in this episode or, uh, well, I feel like I jumped in front of your point just to correct the contract thing. So wherever you were going with whatever, I, I don't cut, remember we'll where cut I was you going. off on. Don't really remember yeah, where I was going. So. Off. Um, yeah, uh, I don't really have anything to add. I don't think, uh, so. Yeah, you know, I think Baker's going to be a good, good addition. Well, you know, he is a mystery. I piece. just want him to be fully healthy. Fully, I mean, and that's yeah, that's the big point. We keep cutting Garrett off, but I think it's we haven't discussed it on the podcast. But uh, we learned this week that Kyle and I share a birthday, and Garrett doesn't. Uh, so mm-hmm. his, he was born on a different day, and uh, we've mutually agreed to bully him about it. So if we yeah. keep cutting him off, just assume that that's that's why. It's just a little, a little hazing, a little podcast hazing. It's yeah, fun. a little. Little podcast, uh, uh, what do you call it? Initiations. So, yeah, yeah. All right. Well, I guess we uh, we got nothing else to talk about. 
So uh, I guess yeah. Julio. What? <laughs> Yeah, that would be that would be the episode. yeah. Once we publish the podcast, the Chiefs will trade for Julio Jones, and we'll be back here. Yeah, I can't I can't wait to literally stop recording this, and then it's like, oh yeah, late Friday night news dump: Chiefs and Falcons trade Julio Jones. Yeah, uh, I don't think it'll happen, but man, it would be fun. Garrett, do you have anything you want to add? Since we've cut you off like intentionally no, think, four or five times now. Yeah, I think we're about good. So. uh Thank you all for watching and listening. Uh, tune in at Kingdom Says Pod on Twitter, Facebook, and Instagram. Find us on Apple, Spotify, all that. Leave us a review. Leave us uh, any questions or comments or anything you got for us. And uh, we will see you next week. Hey, what's up, guys? This is MMA fighter Clay Guida, and I'm not afraid of anyone or anything. But losing my hair was an entirely different kind of fight. So if you're suffering from hair loss like I was, then you got to check out my boys at Bosley. Pound for pound, they are the champions of hair restoration. That's why I turned to Bosley to get my hair back. The entire Bosley team was so professional and kind from start to finish. All it took was a simple one-day procedure, and I was on my way back to rocking my full hair again. So take it from me. Don't wait if you are thinning or receding. I'm so thrilled with my results, I just wish I would have went to Bosley sooner. It's time to finally knock out hair loss because the best is yet to come. Check out Bosley today. When MMA fighter Clay Guida was losing his hair, he trusted Bosley to get it back. Now it's your turn. Get a free information kit, plus get a $250 off gift card when you text SCORE to 203203. That's text SCORE to 203203. Don't wait. Text SCORE to 203203. Mobile phone companies say they offer home internet. But if their internet comes from a cell phone network, you should know. It's just phone internet, not home internet. Keep your home up to speed with Cox. Cox Internet is faster and has more reliable download speeds than 5G home Internet. Cox is the real home Internet you're looking for. Based on Cox analysis of UCLA speed test intelligence data, Q3 2022 and Cox serviceable areas, visit cox.com Internet for details.